All right, welcome back to the big program. Gordy Bamford. George Canyon. Oh, it's close. Very I should have known that one. I, why I had Bamford on my mind, I have no idea. I, I think probably because I'd alluded to oh, um, okay. a Gord Bamford version of that song, which I know he has, but either is far enough down in the list of Frosty the Snowman options in our library, I didn't get to it, or uh, mm-hmm. is not uh My not fault, I should have known. So. You know, and uh, Canyon does all the the flames, you know, anthems, and should have recognized that, Duke. We're running, We're we've only got a couple left, you know. Down to the last few. Is this like uh, like Casey Kasem? Like, are you running these down in in, in order? No, you know? no. I, it's basically the Duke top forty sporadic. Um, like I said, I, I compiled the the twelve that I figured I was going to play, and then, I mean, we're going to play three more in the fan, in fantasy frenzy, hmm. um, which obviously I'm still uh, up in the uh, oh. the ones and twos as they say here. Wow. So, if you say so, uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Um. Jordan says, have you heard Jason Kelsey's Christmas album? Uh, that was last year he put it out? The, I think they made another one this season, but it was, it was the entire uh, Eagles yeah. O-line. And uh, hmm. Jordan, the, the, is he the right tackle? Or right guard? Uh, Jordan, yeah, Jordan, Jordan yeah. Malata. Um, the, uh, he has a tremendous voice. Like he, He's a mm-hmm. very good singer. So him uh, taking the lead. I think this year it might have been the Kelsey brothers did one, uh, just the yeah. two of them with maybe some guest appearance from the rest of the O-line. Did but you? last year's was... The Eagles O line. So, how cool is this, Duke? That we've got someone listening in New Jersey. He's originally from Edmonton, listening in New Jersey. Was at the game last night, the Devils Oilers game. His name's Gord. He was wearing the McDry jersey last night. So uh, he says he's originally from uh, uh, Edmonton. Now resides in Halifax, but went down from I assume Halifax to Jersey. I assume he's probably down there. For all three of the games, maybe checking them all out. So that's cool that he's checking in from Jersey listening to the show. Um, <laughs> Garth Vader says, George Canyon is a fake cowboy and the flames are trash. Love the show. <laughs> uh, well, George Canyon played a cowboy on Heartland, the uh, CTV program. Hmm. Great one. Uh, filmed down in Southern Alberta. I don't think he's a fake cowboy. I don't think yeah. he's a fake cowboy. He's, I mean, he's, I don't if, I, I've had the chance to see him uh, live a couple times and meet him just in passing, you know, at these kind of shows like brief meet and greet things. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, uh, every person that I've um, have met that has met him more personally says he's a top drawer guy. So I, I won't say a bad thing yeah, about him. No, good he's uh, a, good he's Alberta a, kid. Yes. I mean, he lives down south. He lives by where? Uh, uh, High, High River? Is I believe that, so, yeah. Somewhere down there. I think uh, bought a little plot of land. He's got a little ranch. Something like similar to Delburn, I would imagine. Ranching. Yeah. Just ranching. Well, I think the one thing I did see, I think there was an old antique show and he got these guys to bring in antiques from across Canada to uh, put in his ranch, you know, like stuff like oh, track. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you remember that. I, I, I'll tell you, we've had this conversation a few times about like growing up without uh, like satellite or cable TV. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, go-to programs in the middle of the day, of course, the Prairie Farm Report. <laughs> um, and uh, then like, and they had like versions of like, Antiques Roadshow, but all farm equipment, of course, mm-hmm. in the middle of that sometimes. So I, I'm semi-familiar with the premise. Uh, I haven't seen Gord's uh, or George's, pardon me, set up specifically, but I can get a pretty good idea of the type of uh, type of gear he's got. We have we have all sorts of stuff like that. It's just laying in the back 40 uh, overgrown with weeds down at the homestead. I think one of the top, I, do you have any Massey Harris stuff? So I believe Massey Harris was before Massey Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... 
I think that's a collectible item. Oh, they're, oh God, all sorts yeah. of uh, no, all uh, the anything like that that would exist is uh, to the point that it we can't like you can't recognize it more. He rusted over, but any of our stuff, uh, it's Douglas Farms, John Deere, mm-hmm. start to finish. Uh, all the uh, the antiques lined up in the shed, um, four thirty, five thirty, couple six thirties, couple seven thirties, oh, yeah. and, and then the Crown Jewel eight thirty uh, antique tractor diesel. Uh, that's the one our prime uh, tractor pulling tractor, mm. several time champion over at the Calgary Stampede. Wow. Oh yeah, and and when this uh, this thing, Kevin, yeah. when we got all the weights out on the side, it is it doesn't fit through standard gates because there's so many wheel weights Holy out, uh, out it, each it side. It needs it, yeah, yeah, for balance. It said yeah. it's it's the the heavyweight. Yeah. It's the the biggest one you can. Uh, they, mm. they we stopped taking it to Stampede because they removed the weight class that that tractor would. Oh pull really? In. Yeah. Uh, for your, I don't think you would ever think I would say this, Duke, but uh, back in my highway construction days, I drove a. We called a Belarus, but it was Belarus, a Belarus yeah. 500A. Oh, yeah. That was the tractor, yeah. It had a broom uh, broom sweeper on the front. Very cool. Yeah, so I drove that for a summer. Back when you were uh, pounding tar. Well, well that, was, that was a hard summer, man. Oh. It was a hard Pe- summer. People that do that, and I've had yeah. a lot of friends that have worked at as like summer jobs, whether it be in high school, university mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I like to think I'm a pretty hard worker, and, and I uh, have done a lot of tough tasks yeah. and tough jobs over the years at the farm and elsewhere. But const- highway construction, man, I don't think that's for me. <laughs> I don't think that's for me. Well, this bro- being in a broom tractor, you it was called uh, uh, sand seal. That's what they called it back in the day. And you'd sweep the excess rock that didn't stick to the tar on the road, but it was dusty too. So mm-hmm. if, if, if you didn't have a crosswind, you were just getting smoked out every day. Oh. So um, speaking of farm stuff, I got to tell this, and I'm going to get in so much trouble, but I hope uh, my better half, Laura Baker, is listening. We went back home to the farm, Duke, about uh, in Saskatchewan uh, a number of years ago, call it 10, and it's there's nothing there. There's a grain bin, and it was an old, just uh, the foundation of what was a, a farmhouse years ago. But buried in the ground was an old steel tractor tire. Oh, yeah. Okay. And she goes, man, this would be perfect for a fire pit. I go, yeah, I, I think you're right. She proceeds to try to lift Lifted. this out of the ground. And I'm going, what are you doing? We'll, we'll just take it and put it in the back of your uh, Explorer at the time. <laughs> and you're like, I wish you, I had, you and what army? Yeah. I, well, I said, I wish I had the Ram 1500 now. I uh, could have pulled it out. But, I mean, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, that was that would have been quite the prayer, hoping, thinking you're going to move that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, quick note on last night's NFL game: Saints and Rams. It was really over. New Orleans came back late. Yeah, but uh, interesting stat, and Eddie brought it up regarding Matt Stafford. So when he was in Detroit, he had Cal Johnson, right, uh, Megatron, and that set the record for most passing yards by a receiver. Cooper Cup goes to LA, and how many was Cooper Cup? Maybe 20, 30 yards back of. Uh, I can't remember the exact number. He won the Triple Crown, though. Yeah, uh, obviously, close. an incredible accomplishment. And now, uh, Pukanakua, he is about 100 yards or something short of the all time rookie record. Yeah. All I think, under, and he's already set the receptions record for a, for rookie, a rookie, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and all under. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. So he's a guy that has never gotten enough credit. I mean, he did win the Super Bowl a couple seasons ago, and all the power to him, well deserved. But I still think, even despite that, people still kind of question him mm-hmm. as a top-tier quarterback. He's an incredible football player. Yeah, and again, he won a Super Bowl, so you can't take anything away from him. Wonderful career. Hall of Famer? Ho- yep. Yeah. A Hall of Famer, without question. And 
when you look and you know, obviously you're going to touch on with fantasy stuff, but not very often does a quarterback throw two touchdown passes, and that's what Matt Stafford did last night. Didn't have any interceptions. Okay, so he's got a pretty clean sheet, but one receiver on his team had five receiving points more in a full PPR. Yeah, and that's. Uh, Nakua. Very rare. Very rare yeah. for that to happen. So, like last night, so nine catches, 164 yards, and a receiving touchdown, plus 16 rushing yards. That kind of sealed the game. He had that end around at the end. Yeah. So. Yeah, very effective. Yeah, big win for the Rams, though. We teed it up yesterday uh, with uh, Ken Trahan from down in New Orleans. Um, and it, like this, like I said, I said all day, the Saints just don't do it for me. Derek Carr, <laughs> like you said, his, not, his stat line ends up okay at the end of the game. Uh, threw a big pick, though. And like the Saints mm-hmm. are just the most blat team. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Get them out of my out of my face. The Rams are a team I can get behind. They are surging, heading down the stretch. Uh, I think they make the cut, and I think they're a team that mm-hmm. nobody really wants to play come that first round of the playoffs because they have championship pedigree. They've got some top end players on both sides of the ball, and uh, and a lot of veteran presence. So, I was surprised of the Alvin Kamara usage. Uh, oh, early, you, early on in the game, you, me, yeah. and I think a lot of other people mm-hmm. out there too. Uh, like it, somewhat salvaged night uh, in PPR because he said he did have a couple receptions, but the yardage was abysmal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so it's not like he put up a goose egg for you, but only nineteen on the ground, yeah. uh, fifteen through the air with uh, three was, or four receptions. Like it's just irrelevant, really. To, uh, yeah, non-factor yeah. in the game. When we come back, it's our St. Albert Dodge game of the day. We will preview the Edmonton Oilers closing out their road trip tonight in New York at MSG, Madison Square Garden with uh, Rangers analyst Dave Maloney. That's coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Join in the holiday cheer and help St. Albert Dodge fill their Ram 1500 with toys for the Salvation Army. Stop in and say hi at the north end of St. Albert Trail as we welcome back Dave Maloney to the show, Rangers analyst. Uh, Dave with uh, Kevin Carey on Sports 1440. Welcome back. Uh, Happy holidays. And really, there isn't anything like Christmas time in New York, is there? (laughs) Well, it's a pretty special city. Although I was in Toronto, and I'm sure if I'm in Edmonton or mm-hmm. any you know any metropolitan area this time of the year, if indeed Christmas and holiday celebrations are the norm, it's a pretty festive time. Having grown up on a farm in Lindsay, Ontario, <laughs> and always waiting anxiously for Santa to drop a hockey stick or a, a pair of skates or something, it's a great, great time of the year. It's really, it really is, and I mean, even the Oilers when they talk about going on this little three-game road trip out to the tri-state area, spending time in New York and a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, just to, to kind of feel the atmosphere. Can you kind of explain that? I mean, again, you you come from a little farm and then you go to Kitchener, and you, I, I don't know how you probably spent. 30 Christmases in New York. I don't know, but I guess what's it like? <laughs> well, it's quite festive. I mean, it, it's just indicative of what it is. I mean, perhaps it's an arrogance of a New Yorker to say it's the greatest city in the world, but boy, you'd be pretty hard pressed to think it's not. I think the festivities, the lights, the everything seems to be brighter, and it's, uh, you know, it's certainly there's a, a mishmash of people and, uh, uh, and excitement and, and different things that really become what New York is, really, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still astounded and um, somewhat amazed every time I go in. I've been around here a long time. <laughs> so it's just, it's unique. And until you've been there, um, I don't think you can really appreciate or listen to an old fart like myself <laughs> trying to explain what 
what that's all about. Yeah. Uh, but if you do get a chance, I would uh, certainly recommend. It's a wonderful walking city, and at this time of the year, it's just really nice stuff. Uh, speaking of really nice stuff, as we're guesting with Dave Maloney, New York Rangers analyst on Sports 1440, the Rangers have been nice stuff and the right stuff uh, mm-hmm. so far this year on a three-game winning streak, leading the Metropolitan uh, Division with 45 points. Uh, the last time we spoke, uh, the Rangers were here in New York, but uh, they've kept that ball rolling. What have been the uh, the keys to New York's success since we last spoke? You know, I, I think now, you know, again, I preference everything with, you know, the Rangers have 52 more games to play, so there's just there's still an awful lot of hockey to be played. But what's impressed me the most is their ability to keep it real and playing well, and then their ability to kind of learn from a bad period, a bad game, um, different things like that. They're, they're a pretty, on a relative basis, a pretty low-key team as far as, personality and things of that nature. Uh, but I think the most impressive thing has been just that ability. Like, they got their pants pulled down by Toronto uh, two Tuesdays ago and went into Toronto last Tuesday. And it was just a just one step. They figured out what they did wrong, uh, how the game went the first game, and then were just went right to work in the areas that they believed that they were vulnerable in the first game and had a pretty convincing 5-1 win. And, you know, when you listen to the other point, too, is when you listen around the league and most uh, most teams that are struggling, the first culprit is the goaltending. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the quickest 10 starts, he's 9-0-1, right? Now, Shesterkin has had back-to-back games where his save percentage has been more Shesterkin-like at 9.30 and 9.40. And he was vulnerable. Is he out of that vulnerability? Well, we'll see as the starts go along here. But the goaltending going back to 2005 and 2006 in this franchise has always given them a chance. So I just think there are those factors, this, the ability of this team to kind of learn when it turns south, it turns south for everyone. The question is, how long does it last? And where do you stand when you find your way out of it? And that's gone period to period and game to game for this team over the course of 30 games, and it certainly seems to be working. So, Dave, do we know who the Oilers will face in net tonight with the Rangers because Jonathan Quick was so good against them here in Edmonton? I I don't. I didn't get a chance Mm -hmm. to get over to the morning skate. I had a couple things to do, um, and I uh, haven't heard quite yet. So I... I would, I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, Quick's numbers have been horrendous. His career numbers have been horrendous against yeah. um, uh, Edmonton. He certainly came off a, a, a shutout win there. But Shostakin has had back-to-back starts, and I think they need him to kind of get on that roll. You know, they'll be off in the Christmas break. They got the Sabers tomorrow night, and they're off for a couple of days. So, it's um, you know, again, mm-hmm. without knowing, I wouldn't uh, hazard a guess. But I, I think they need Shesterkin to kind of get on that role. Would it surprise me if he was in? No. Would it surprise me if Quick was in? No. <laughs> uh, uh, Dave Maloney, our guest on Sports 1440. For Oilers fans, Dave, they, they don't want to see a Russian goaltender ever again because last week it was uh, Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky, and right. uh, Sorokin. And uh, right. I think it was a 961 save percentage by the three in the three losses. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So the Oilers come in tonight uh, after a three-game losing streak. Win last night in New Jersey. Uh, Connor McDavid mm-hmm. is now tied with Artemi Panarin uh, 
for fourth right. in points. So this is a great time. Right. Uh, this is a real good matchup. Uh, they're not playing against each other, but two of the best in the game going on the ice tonight in MSG. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I watched uh, the uh, Edmonton win last night, and, and you know, it's it's funny when you watch your own. It's a little like your own kids, right? When you your own kids, they can never seem to do anything right, regardless of the fact that most times they are doing something right. And I think we're all guilty of that when we look at our own teams. And I, I just look at Edmonton. I just I know Ekholm's healthier. It sounds like whatever McDavid or perhaps even Drysdale were going through. Um, they're better. The Rangers played um, Edmonton into Edmonton without McDavid. Um, so there's no question between uh, McDavid and Panarin. And uh, you certainly do have highlight players distinctly different. But I think from a Rangers standpoint, this is another – this is another, it'll be back-to-back-to-back, really, three games where they're playing against teams that the upper end of their lineup, if you let them play the way they can play and want to play, you're going to be that much more vulnerable. And I say that's Toronto, Edmonton, and even Buffalo. Buffalo's healthy now. They had a big win last night. So for me to have the elite guy, open ice player in the league, come in here tonight on a bit of a roll. It was a big win last night in the third period. It's another step for the Rangers to kind of just make sure they can control the ice and make the ice a little bit smaller for those high-end players. And uh, it should be fun. It's always fun uh, with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, irregardless of where they are, the record, you've got to certainly look over your shoulder and wonder where the world are they. I see Jacob Truba playing a big role tonight. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Well, he's been the Rangers' best defensive defensive player, and game in, game out, he has worn the captaincy well. It was a little bit of a challenge last year, given the expectations going in from the season before. Not a great start. Had to answer a lot of questions that were beyond just the game. Um, he's been a tremendous. He's been a tremendous defender, uh, and obviously he's one of the, those open ice hitters that uh, you have to be aware of where he is on the ice, and that may cause a forward or two to kind of think a little bit. Um, and that being said, Panarin's been wonderful in the offensive zone. He's been their catalyst offensively. The best overall player has been Vinny Trocek. He's mm-hmm. been tremendous in face-offs, three-zone players. So when you take uh, the Rangers, you take a look at the different players who are playing well, um, certainly, certainly Truba has been the leader in a number of areas, particularly in going into the ice. With Dave Maloney, Rangers analyst on Sports 1440. Dave, last time we talked, we kind of delved into your career a little bit, and I want to kind of go back mm-hmm. there because there were so many questions I had, but we just sort of ran out of time. When you got to the Rangers as, right. a, as a young, young player, uh, on the team as an older player was Phil Esposito. Um, what was that like to play yeah. with Espo? And then now, you know, he got into broadcasting just like you did and, right. and things like that. What was that relationship and what's it still like? Well, it, 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 listen, Phil came in 75, right? So I, I was drafted in 74. I played four games in, as an 18-year-old. And the following November, he got traded to the Rangers in a big trade uh, that sent Park and Rattel to Boston and Vad. And uh, Phil came to uh, Broadway. And Phil was, you know, that wasn't far removed from the 72 um, mm-hmm. Soviet Canada series. And he was... He was bigger than life in a lot of ways. Uh, in a lot of ways, then, when you meet him and play with him, he's bigger than life. He had a bigger-than-life personality, he had a bigger-than-life presence. Uh, and, I, you know, again, I was just uh, 16, uh, 15, 16, when that uh, so, uh, Summit Series happened. So, and he would go along. He, would, he, would, he was the captain before I was. 
um, and it was of his opinion uh, that I was to be the next captain of, of this very young group. Uh, he was pretty influential in um, conversations with Fred Shiro, and sure enough, that came to fruition. And, and again, he was part of a, a veteran group when I was captain that was a bit of a, a, a veteran panel that we used to meet with the assistant coach, Mike Nicolak, um, uh, once a month or so. So there were a lot of things that Phil, um, just being Phil, but don't, you know, I, I'm sure you've passed or if they haven't or have crossed with him, he is larger than life in a lot of ways, right back from when he called out Canada after Canada lost, oh. um, to the Soviets in Vancouver. And that was Phil. Uh, Phil is an opinionated guy. Um, you know, we ended up doing a Sassoon commercial together. Uh, he was everything that was billed, and to this day, he's a big smile. And ask him one question, and you'll probably get four or five opinions. So it's he's really a colorful character. He was great. You guys did is it Vidal Sassoon? You did a commercial together? Yeah, Sassoon jeans. Like oh, coming out oh, of the. Gee, okay. uh, yeah, coming out of the so we lost to Montreal in five in the '79 finals, and coming out of that, my brother Don got a national Seven Up uh, campaign ad, and Phil, myself, Ron Duguay, and Anders Hedberg ended up uh, getting or doing a, a Sassoon jeans. They were like Calvin Klein jeans. They were designer <laughs> jeans in the mid late '70s, oh, and we ended up doing a commercial and uh, ended up while we were out in Los Angeles. Phil was. Um, good friends with Alan Thick, mm. and we ended up doing a, a little 45 record for juvenile diabetes, uh, the hockey sock rock. And, uh, so we did that. And there were all kinds of things. The bottom line to all that is boy, boy, life gets better when you win. And there were a lot of things that opened up for a league or a team at the time where it certainly wasn't like it is today, where the marketing is forefront and there's mm. a, an effort on the league, um, a league paradigm and team to team to market and get people out there. So it was, it was great stuff. And Phil inevitably was in the middle of it, uh, also, oh, yeah, hockey sock rock that that's an old either, but a goodie, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Well, the best story behind that, I'll tell you one more yeah. little anecdote to that story is we got eventually um, a platinum uh, 45 that was apparently indicative of uh, selling a hundred thousand copies. Now, I don't know whether it's true, uh, fact, or fact or fiction, but apparently to lore, Gordon Lightfoot, God rest his soul, was a good friend of Alan Thicke's. They're both Canadian guys, mm-hmm. and um, he was rumored to have bought 95,000 copies. So that was a bit of a connection there that uh, I don't know what he would ever do with 95,000 copies of that thing. But in the meantime, that's a little bit of lore behind the whole hockey sock rock. Hmm. Uh, texter just came in with a note to us, Dave, that uh, Jonathan Quick was the first off the ice at uh, the morning skate today. So if that's okay. any Good. indication. Good. So. Yeah, I know they were. Yeah, I was actually I'm just coming out of the gym here now. Mm-hmm. I was going to uh, lob a call into yeah. a couple of guys that were probably there this morning to find out. So mm-hmm. I mean, Quick's been tremendous. Yeah. And you know what it is, too? He, he's, he's really an old school goaltender. And when you hear... You know, the primary thing about him is how he competes. Oh, my goodness. You watch him, and he competes on every shot, every second, third shot. He's rarely, he's like Hashik. He's mm-hmm. like that old school that fundamentally you wonder how he gets it all done. But, boy, oh, boy, he never quits. And he's been a great story for the Rangers so far also. Yeah, he's 37, but he sure isn't playing like 37. That's uh, There's no, no question about that. Uh, one, right. other, one other guy I wanted to ask you about just quickly was uh, – 
Ron Duguay because you must have played against him in junior, right? No, no, uh-huh. he was. I was uh, underage when I was drafted. Okay, so I was drafted as an eighteen-year-old, and I started as a sixteen-year-old. Uh, so I played um, anyway. I was, despite the fact we're only a year apart. Uh, he went the full junior career okay. before he was drafted. So okay. we were really four. Uh, he was drafted in seventy-seven, I think. Yeah, I think he was the seventy-seven. Seventy-seven, uh, 13th overall by the Rangers. Yeah. Also drafted in the WHA yeah. too, as well. Right, right. No, he. Uh, yeah, dude, it was. Uh, you know, he was. He's still to this day a pretty charismatic, flamboyant yeah. character, and. Uh, you know, he came with the long flowing locks. In those days, you could ditch your helmet when uh, you uh, started the NHL, and then the boys initiated him and shaved it all off. <laughs> and, uh, and that got him. But he was a good, uh, you know, he's still a pretty good friend of these days. He certainly, it's funny, because he was doing, he worked with the MSG Network on the television side with us for eight or nine seasons, and I would get the questions if I ever, you know, do I hang out with Duguay? And I said, I couldn't hang out with him when we were younger, and I thought I had games, so I'm certainly not hanging out with him now. <laughs> oh. yeah, he, he traveled in a uh, little different circles uh, when we were all 20, 21, 22 than I did, but uh, good guy and a good player, too. You know, it's another thing, when you, you play with somebody, you look back on his career, and you think, gosh, that guy was a good player, so mm-hmm. all in all, it's pretty pretty charismatic guy. Yeah, and then, you know, when he went out to the West Coast and actually ended up playing in San Diego, there's legendary stories about him in San Diego, kind of the tail end of his career, too, so... Um, hey, oh, uh, I'm sure. Oh, there are a lot trust. of goodies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trust. Trust me. It's a little bit. And he was a good pal. And knock on what he's doing well as mm-hmm. Donnie Murdoch. And uh, Donnie's out in BC, back home now. But uh, I remember he and I met. I was two years ahead of him as a pro. He was telling me stories of what he was up to. We ended up living together for one year. And when he first told me the story, I said, "This can't be true. Nobody lives that way." Mm-hmm. And then after a year living with him, I went, "Hmm. I guess somebody does live that way." <laughs> It wasn't me. <laughs> oh. Dave, thanks for coming on again. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Have a wonderful holiday right. season. Best to you and yours, and uh, uh, happy New Year, and we'll speak in the New Year. Thanks again for coming on. All right. Listen, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, healthy, and all that stuff in 2024 to you and your audience. You betcha. Thanks a lot. That's Dave Maloney, Rangers analyst, and our game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge as the Oilers get set to take on the New York Rangers tonight. And uh, at St. Albert Dodge, they have, oh, about 165 Ram 1500s, all dressed up, ready to go, waiting for you, looking sharp, feeling groovy, with an incredible 20% off MSRP. When you look at it all, it's a savings of up to $14,000. Uh, head out to St. Albert Dodge, north end of St. Albert Trail. Tell them KK sent you. Go ask for Brad McCrory, all-time penalty minute leader, Fort Saskatchewan trainers. Uh... Well, Duke, we're almost uh, done for the uh, Christmas season here. We'll have one more great song. Is running back to Saskatoon getting bumped today? It's getting bumped today. Okay. Well, I got a feeling I know what our final song is, but we'll check uh, in with that and uh, wrap things up on a wonderful uh, holiday season uh, before Christmas uh, with the Duke uh, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. I had to let that go a little longer, huh, Duke? Well, my mom requested Silent Night a while back. Yeah. Figured get that one in for uh, for your mom heading sure, back surely, to the, yeah, the the neck home neck of the woods this weekend. Be back so. home in about twelve hours, mom. About that. Are you driving slow? <laughs> no, but I got uh, the baker and the dog, and we're losing an hour. 
right? It's uh, right now in Saskatchewan. It's uh, true twenty to twelve. Yeah, they're on. Uh, they're on, on stand, Central. Whatever time. you call it. I well, because I think technically we're now on Mountain Daylight Time, but they still technically they exist still on Mountain Standard Time, which is the same as Central Daylight Time. We could go on about this for. <laughs> Forever. That should maybe come springtime. That'll be the uh, the hottest button uh, in, in or out question uh, about daylight savings. Thomas Dang on. <laughs> uh, text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Oh, it's, come on, Scalding Gord. Uh, good interview, but he's a ranger, so part of me still has to dislike it. It's Christmas, Scalding Gord. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's uh, Christmas. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, this comes, uh, can't get it who it was, but he was the guy that told me, Jonathan Quick was the first goalie off the ice at the morning skate today. He will probably be the starter against the Oilers tonight. If you've got a final text first, you've got about 15 minutes to send it in if you'd like uh, to share a Christmas greeting or anything like that. Oilers and Devils, last night, a big win for the Oilers, 6-3. Three goals in 69 seconds uh, was the difference in it. What will the lines look like tonight? I mean, all rests on the health of two players. 100%. Uh, that's no question about that. If uh, Sam Gagne is good to go, well, he's going to be back in. Had two assists last night. If Derek Ryan is good to go, who's hurt on the last play of the game, last uh, 45 seconds, uh, took a, I thought it was sort of a cheap shot by uh, Kevin Ball. I uh, didn't like it. It was, he was down. It looked like he probably took a knee to the side, a little kidney shot. If he's good to go, he's back in. The lineup stays the same. What will the lines look at, look like? But if uh, either of those two guys are out, well, you would imagine Connor Brown will draw back in after being a healthy scratch and not too happy about it. Well, he should be, but. Do something about it uh, after missing the game yesterday. Stu Skinner will start in goal for the Oilers tonight as they look to go in on a positive note. You know, last night, uh, Arizona keeps rolling. Arizona wins 5-2. Best game of the night was uh, Vancouver and Dallas. Uh, That one went to overtime where uh, Dallas won 4-3 in overtime. Colorado, the hottest player, maybe the best player right now in the league is Nathan McKinnon. Had four goals last night. He's got a 17-game point streak going. Uh, Ottawa just loses and loses and loses. Uh, Colorado won last night 6-4. We talked about Buffalo, and boy, yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, They give up nine, come back and pound the Leafs for nine. Uh, And you know what? We we never talked about Alex Ovechkin-Duke. He ends a 14-game goalless drought. So six on the year now. That's a long drought for Ovi, but he's still getting some shots. He's still creating, but I mean, now that 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 record's starting to come into question. Eight ninety four. Yeah, and we've talked about it a bit with Frank and uh, among other guests and stuff. I am also of the inclination that he will play until he gets it, even if he is uh, being trotted out there exclusively for power play. Like this guy could be forty some mm-hmm. years old, and he's still going to be playing. I think to crack this record. Will that take away from its validity and the glamour of it a little bit? Uh, I agree, but uh, we kind of said the same thing about Patrick Marlowe when he was chasing down Gordie Howe's uh, all-time, all-time games played record. He was a shell of the former player, obviously, by the end, but he got the record all the same, and you still have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I, I don't think this is the permanent version 
of a Ovi that we'll see. Like this isn't the norm now. Yeah. The the, the Capitals they said they're going to remain competitive to give Ovi a chance. They need more help at forward. Like yeah. they, they're they're not a good enough team to give uh, Ovi the like a real fighting chance to crack this in shorter order. Backstrom. But without Backstrom, like it's uh, and and like I mean, hey, his health uh, of much higher yeah. concern. Uh, obviously, the the issues he's gone through trying to come back from uh, a couple surgeries. But if the Capitals really wanted, I'm not saying mortgage the whole future, but do mm-hmm. something to bring in a little bit more help. So we're not um, we're not questioning Ovi's chances of breaking this record quite as much. We get back to the the conversation of it being a foregone conclusion. Did mention that four goals last night for Nathan McKinnon. The sixth player from Nova Scotia to crack 300 goals. Duke, come on. What do you got? You Nova obviously Scotia, know one. From Nova, we got Sidney Crosby. Okay. Draper's not from Nova Scotia. No. Did he have Boston goals? Bruins, current Boston Bruins. Current? Oh, Big Mar- Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand. Okay. Uh, can you give me time? time? I'll give you, I'll give you uh, one of the best slap shots with a wooden stick in NHL history. Ally Afraidy? No, you're Al close. McInnes? Al McInnes. So that's three. Um, Former captain, uh, Montreal Canadiens, Minnesota North Stars, big, tall centerman. Mm, that one might stump me. Bobby Smith. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have got there. And the other one, pretty good forward in his own right, played for Boston, uh, Glenn Murray. Oh, yes. So, yeah, yeah long, t- long, long for time. Yeah. Uh, 569 for Crosby. Marshawn's got 385. Bobby Smith. 357, uh, and uh, Al McInnes, 340, Glenn Murray, 337. Six players from Nova Scotia to score 300 goals. Ah, text coming in, one 401 Kevin and Duke, glad you were on the airwaves. Best Christmas and New Year's to you. You are surely needed at the right time. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, guys. Uh, one one minor point, but Judge Jack, that's this is Jumpin' Jack Flash, says next Christmas, uh, the last Christmas must still be on the Christmas playlist. That's the one I didn't like. Yeah, the Wham. You yeah. and uh, Carter Hutton both out yeah. on uh, Last Christmas by Wham. But uh, Jumpin' yeah. Jack say, I mean, hey, the people speak, Kevin. It, uh, yeah. it might still be in the mix next year. Yeah. Patty in Spruce Grove says, drive safe, Kevin, and when you hit Elfrost, you are almost there. Uh, thanks for doing the show. Merry Christmas. Yes. Elfrost, once you make the turn there, Duke, you get on this little uh, road, and it's called, once you keep going, and uh, Patty's going to go, ah, you're exactly right. It's called Alphabet Highway. So there are several Alphabet Highways anywhere, but when the railway was put in, they named each town A, whatever it was, B, C, D. So Elfrost is on that line, uh, uh, further down the line, when you get to Kelleher and all those other little places. Uh, I don't think Alfrost is actually on that alphabet highway line now that you think about it. Uh, Barber and Peace Reaver, I called it last year. He's not going to break the record. Uh, basically, talking about Ovi, scalding gourd. But Kevin, that's why he said part. As an Islanders fan, I could never completely be nice in regards to a Ranger. We're okay with it, scalding gourd. We're okay with it. Derek says, Alberta and Saskatchewan are different time zones. Saskatchewan yes. currently CST, Alberta MST. That's why I said we're losing an hour. Yes, I, I had it back mixed up that I said, um, nah. we're, we're, we're not on daylight right now. We're on standard time, but uh, mm. that's why in the summer, we're on the same time zone as Saskatchewan because they do not mm-hmm. change. They remain on central standard. They don't move to central daylight. So are you fired up for the holiday season, Duke? Uh, I am, Kevin. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm 
intrigued by your road trip um, out uh, to kind of the eastern half of Saskatchewan, yeah. I guess. Uh, my mom's family, a homestead, a hundred year, well, was a hundred year old homestead uh, outside of Saltcoats area, so a mm-hmm. little bit further east yet. Somewhat familiar with the area, but uh, yeah, I'll be heading back uh, south either tonight or tomorrow, I think. Um, back to the farm for a few days and then of course back uh, to get our best of show compiled on uh, Boxing Day and get ready to rock and roll on Wednesday. It should be good. Just a couple days off. I don't have to worry about yeah. uh, booking a guest, getting uh, getting back to people, checking in on uh, things. It'll just be watching a little mm-hmm. bit of football mixed in with doing a little bit of work at the farm. Um, should be a nice little break, but uh, I'm sure it will go by very quickly all the same. And I'm looking forward to Christmas dinner. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, do you, we do, okay, so on Christmas Eve we do it. The Ukrainian side, we do the 12 dishes. And you're never, you're supposed to have nothing from the cow on that. It's it's basically Ukrainian. They, they do it a week later, but we do it on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. So do you ever get into those traditions or anything like that? Uh, my family's not uh, not... Ukrainian, but my mom's family historically they're from Eastern Europe, but uh, like Austria mm-hmm. and Hungary. So like the pierogies and stuff still very popular, but they're all the the cabbage, yeah. cabbage pierogies. Sorry, not not my cup of tea. Um, and sauerkraut. We yeah, 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 yeah. Sauerkraut yeah. and cabbage. Um, but I, and I don't like those. So even when we were younger, when we'd go back to Hinton to see uh, my mom's parents who have since passed away, we don't go uh, back mm-hmm. that way anymore. My mom's siblings now come to us yeah. down at the farm. But it's kind of a different version of Christmas for my family now because my eldest sister, uh, a couple young kids, uh, two and a half and just over one years old. So yeah. it's kind of like now Christmas is about them and, and we're all just kind of there to be in the uh, the periphery yeah. of it, I guess. So that's what I look forward to seeing uh, my nephew rip open presents on, on Christmas morning. It'll be yeah. great. Um, and I'll have to see. I'm going to do my shopping here right as we wrap up the show. <laughs> well, that's what it's all about, too, with the kids. You know, when you see the sparkle in their eyes and, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a magical time. And uh, if that's what you can pass on to your your loved ones, uh, that's what it's all about. And it's good to take a, a step away from, you know... You don't have to watch a bowl game every day here. You know, you can take some time off. We can take a few days off from saying the Oilers stink and need to trade everybody and need a goalie and fire this person. Try a rum and eggnog, Duke, with the eggnog light and skim milk. I'll tell you one thing, Kevin. I will never, ever (laughs) drink anything with skim Skim milk milk in it. I'm telling you, you will will enjoy it. I've tried eggnog. No, thank you. Pass. And, And actually, you know what? Of all the liquors, rum, probably... If not the bottom of the list, next to the bottom. I might like it more than vodka. That might wow. be about it. But uh, I'm a beer guy around the holidays. Yeah, so on Christmas go. Eve, I'll meet up with some friends, and we'll uh, we'll crack a few cold ones, delete a few beers. Yes, we will. Uh, Derek sends his Christmas wishes. Have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time off. Well, it's been a breakneck pace for four months here, Duke, but we've, well, we've still got a few days left in the month of December. We will... Uh, be off on uh, Monday and Tuesday, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. Then we'll be off Wednesday, but the Duke will be here putting together kind of a best of. Duke and I will be back in the studio on Thursday. Uh, looks like we'll have uh, Kenny Lacusta and Ethan Halby, one of the top young boxers in Edmonton area, will join us in studio, I believe, in the 9 o'clock hour. So uh, that should be uh, lots of uh, fun for that. Uh, and one last, uh, i got to get this one in. Kevin and guest Beaker here, uh, an old friend. Merry Christmas to you and the Fu Manchu. That's my brother. Uh, impressed with your show. It's great. Uh, great co-host guests. Merry Christmas from Beaker. Thanks, uh, Beak. Uh, 
So that'll be next week, and then the Oilers play Thursday night, and then we're back at it Friday, and we'll have January first off, obviously. So correct, and yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll give everybody a good uh, tee up of the Sharks game, recap the next morning, and then uh, the nice thing about the Kings and uh, Ducks both being in SoCal, I'm hoping we'll uh, have a guest kind enough that kind of covers both teams to maybe mm. spare a few minutes on Friday to give us a look ahead to those two games heading into the new year. Might have to make some calls to the boys out in LA. I'll get phone Penner see if he wants to come on you know what Dustin Penner would say to me are you out of your mind I've got a what is it a Tiesto La Testo I'm going to see Tiesto or what's it that's a DJ yeah I know Tiesto, yeah. Yeah. Tiesto, he's got a big Tiesto oh. show to check out I mean Dustin Penner's seen him probably 8,000 times Stanley Cup champion yes 2007 uh, shout out Penner and another one wasn't it I think one with the Kings yeah as well, one with yeah. the Kings too so uh, thanks so much to our guests today Gene Principe, Rogers Sportsnet, as the Oilers uh, continue their trek. Gene will be on the tube tonight. 5.30 puck drop. Uh, Mark Spector, Carton, Carter Hutton from the Daily Faceoff. Uh, Speck, of course, from Rogers Sportsnet. Tim Day from Snow Valley uh, checked in. Uh, uh, talk about what is happening at the uh, Snow Valley Hill. How about the special guest appearance from Rob Brown? <laughs> Just uh, face up against the glass here at West Edmonton Mall. Wow. Uh, Tim Murray from Vison Primetime. Shed a lot of light on all the bowl games. Dave Maloney. And our uh, game of the day for uh, St. Albert Dodge Rangers analyst uh, as the Rangers get things rolling tonight against the Oilers. And, of course, our co-host on Fridays, Eddie Steele for Bonton Bakery. From your daily bread to a celebration cake, Bonton has that and everything in between for all your baked good needs. Uh, check out bonton.ca, and they wish everybody a happy holiday. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... Uh, former Roshep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn. Brandon Douglas at 12 o'clock. The Lowdown with Low Tide. Ellen Mitchell. Uh, and uh, Declan Freddy Krueger. Till 2 o'clock. Jason Greger takes us home with the Jason Greger Show from 2 to 6. And, of course, the last day of the month of giving. Uh, it's been a wonderful uh, tradition here for Greger and uh, many of his sponsors and friends and uh, uh, suppliers and everyone to, to help out at this time of the year. If you get a chance, uh, have a listen this afternoon. And if you can, uh, throw a couple of bucks down uh, for a lot of people who needed at this time of the year uh thanks so much to our listeners for listening have a wonderful and safe and happy holiday really appreciate you checking in with us every morning we couldn't do it do it without you uh god bless you have a wonderful christmas thanks for listening uh coming up top of the hour fantasy frenzy before that here is the duke with a sports 1440 update